1: Wrestling Omakase. It is episode number two thirty three, and this week I am very pleased to be joined by a returning guest. Hello, Liam. Hi, J- hi, John. How are you doing? uh I've been better. As we just talked about off the air, <laughs> uh, because sports. Everybody, let, listen. Let me tell the people at home. Yep. Okay. If you are not a sports fan. Don't ever get started with sports, okay? <laughs> Try something less damaging to your mental and physical health, like heavy, heavy drugs, for instance. Okay. Yep. Uh, maybe get get a gambling addiction, which I have that too. <laughs> so I'm really in bad. Uh, maybe get maybe get some get into alcoholism. I don't know. What about uh, anime? Anime, uh, well, anime is fine. I don't, I okay, mean, that's,
0: okay.
1: that's the only thing that, <laughs> that brings joy to my life, honestly. <laughs> is, <laughs> at this point, is watching watching anime. more yeah. uh, I'm in the middle of watching Utena, and it's okay. it's uh it is great. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever seen Utena, but no, I haven't. No, no. it's a. It's I really... a fan... Go ahead. was I, I, I just say, it's a fantastic show, and it's completely. It's like it's sort of like if Evangelion was a Euro- Like a I oh, said Yuri if Evangelion. Uh, god was a shojo, not a yuri <laughs> it is sort of yuri but uh also you know if even was a shojo, that'd be utena basically yeah
2: i've only just started watching high school girl on your recommendation from the last year and i am qu- getting quite into it so i what, feel like i'm about watching to go- what i'm sorry uh high school girl
1: oh yeah yeah it's really good
2: yeah yeah i feel yeah. like um this this dark world of anime is about to consume me whole and i'm kind there of here for it. yeah yeah
1: but, yeah, sports, fucking bullshit. So let me, let me just explain to people why I'm so mm-hmm. upset today. So the Toronto Blue Jays, okay, they are this amazing team that has one big flaw, which is their bullpen fucking sucks and really, really sucked in, like, the spring and got a little better, but their bullpen's been bad. But they have this amazing, like, once-in-a-lifetime lineup that they're never going to be able to keep together. They're going to lose – for sure they're gonna lose mm-hmm. the Marcus Simeon uh, in the offseason, I think. And they, you know, they, they have a plus one eighty three run differential, which like that is an insane number that they should e- they should be the fucking division winners for that kind of number. And instead, they lose a bunch of games down the stretch that they had to win. They I mean, last week when they, they had a four-game trip to Minnesota mm-hmm. and lost two to the twins, and the twins are the twins are dog shit. So that was when I was like, okay, this isn't going well. And then they had to win two out of three against the Yankees, at least uh, at home earlier this week, and they lost two out of three. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, so this isn't going well. But then this final three-game set starts, okay? They're right. one, and today is the last day of the MLB season. They're one game behind the Yankees and the Red Sox for the wild card. So they needed to beat Baltimore, or they needed the Yankees to lose to Tampa, or Boston to lose to Washington. Not and. They needed one of those two right. teams to lose, okay? Yeah, yep. When the day started, I was like, you know, I don't think it's going to happen. Because it's like the Rays were starting some awful pitcher who had like a seven ERA because the Rays, the, the team the Yankees are playing the Rays, did not need to win at all. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, well, they're not, you know, they already beat the Yankees twice. That was already a break. But I can't see them beating the Yankees again today. And then, and Boston's playing Washington who traded their entire fucking team away. Uh so you know, at the trade deadline, because they're they're just they're just nothing now. They're a fucking minor league team with one with one superstar who everybody walks because it's the only guy you have to worry about now, right? And so I was like, okay, Boston won't be able to do it. So at the start of today, I was you know I was not hopeful. I was accepting <laughs> that the Blue Jays were going to get eliminated. So I put these three games on. I'm watching three games at once. The Blue Jays completely destroy the Orioles. That's not unexpected i was like okay that's they had yeah. to win that game to even have a chance it's great they were up like 12 to 2 and like before the fifth inning or something so i barely pay attention to that one and then the nationals get out to a five to one lead against yeah. the boston red sox and that picture for the race who fucking sucks somehow gives up zero runs to the yankees the yankees only had one hit through i think like eight innings but the problem was oh, okay. tampa, tampa couldn't score either so it was zero zero going in the ninth inning and then, right, the Red Sox come back and tie and uh and and win that game against Washington seven to five, and at the same time the Yankees uh w- beat the Rays in the bottom of the ninth one nothing. So I had zero hope at the start of the day. My hope went all the way to the top in the middle of the okay. day. It's like oh they might actually pull this off, and then it was just it was just to pull the fucking rug out from under me. So the baseball gods just fucking with me today where it's like i wish they just had like i would say just let the baltimore Orioles score 10 runs in the blue jays or something so right. i didn't even have to worry about nothing the jays lost whatever it's over instead they let me think all the way until the end that the blue jays had a chance we were yep. going to a tiebreaker tomorrow and then it's like oh yeah actually uh the nationals are going to remember the nationals and shit the bed and the yankees are going to win a fucking walk off in the bottom of the night it's okay fuck you fuck sports <laughs> fuck baseball i don't know why like again cocaine would be better for you than right, right, right. getting into fucking baseball. I'm, I'm so and now I'm getting ready to be an absolute clown with the hockey season started. The other mm-hmm. the other mm-hmm. uh the other sport that I watch, you know, yep. pretty closely. So hockey season starts next week. I'm sure the Rangers and Kings, my two teams will both be fucking awful. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, I'm sure I'm getting myself set up for more sadness, but uh <laughs> I don't know. I hate sports. I don't know why the fuck I watch them. One of the so- worst
2: life decisions. So I have a question and observation. So I've never okay. watched a game of baseball in my life because we don't have we don't have, you know, we we watch cricket down here. We don't watch baseball. Yeah. And it's you know basically the same in terms of like um you know lots of um well, actually I have two questions. So the first question I had is like what is a run differential?
1: Uh, so that means th- basically like the, the they scored more runs than they gave up.
2: Okay. So it's like okay, so it's like you've scored like, 12 yeah. runs over the you...
1: cor- over the cor- yeah, yeah. like over the course of the season they scored 168 more runs
0: than okay. they gave up.
1: I gotcha. believe okay. that was the number. I'm, I'm getting that off the top of my head. It's some yeah. absurd number where, like, they should not even like they should have had a wild card spot easily at minimum. It should mm-hmm. never have been like a fucking tie like this tiebreaker bullshit that they couldn't get. The, I mean, they missed the playoffs by one game, right. so okay. like literally as close as you can come without making it. Got
2: but, it. So, so you were watching like all of these games at the same time?
1: Yeah, I had so I had Yankees, Tampa on my TV. Right. I had Red Sox Nationals on my laptop, and then I had Blue Jays Orioles on, on my girlfriend's iPad, because that was the one that was least important. To, that was the one that was honestly, even though the Jays are my team, that was the least important one to me, because it's like, yep. I mean, if they can't beat the Orioles today, they mm-hmm. don't deserve to be in any way. And then they and they took yep. out like a fucking, I mean, they, they basically went out to like a 9-1 lead in like the second inning or something. Right, so right. Really, that was never really in doubt. But,
2: so you're not, like, sitting there watching every game intently, every single inning, every single, like... You know, no, I mean, I'm not so really looking like, at... Gun.
1: I barely looked at the iPad. It was really the TV and the laptop. I was going back and forth between. Mm-hmm. But, okay. uh, but, yeah, and I'm just, like, muting one, I'm muting the other, just going back and forth. But, yeah, it's just any... All we needed was if, if Tampa beat the Yankees, it would have been a, a Yankees-Blue Jays tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. If Nationals had beaten the Red Sox, it would have been a Jays-Red Sox tiebreaker. If both had lost, it would have been a wacky... Uh, Three way tiebreaker, which right. has never happened before. Yep, but uh, none of that happened because okay. they just made it look like all that was going to happen to give me personally the maximum amount of pain. So, so,
2: so you go in with no hope. You, yeah. you watch a few games through the season, your hope goes up and up and up, and you feel like okay, the Blue Jays are going to you know get. To no, the- no, no, I go
1: in today with no hope. You go in today. You go and, in today,
2: Sorry, I'm compressing it. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah I go gotcha.
1: in today with no hope. Like yes. through six innings or something, they give me hope, right. and then it was just to fucking to fuck with me. To to pull the rug out, at the yeah, this is all one day, all these emotions. And you're expecting to have the same for hockey. Uh no, so... the, well, the hockey season I'm sure will be awful. Yeah. Oh, just, okay. I mean the Rangers were projected to be like third in the in the metro in the, the athletics yeah. projections that came out today, which I'm sure is way too high. I'm sure mm-hmm. you're gonna be like seventh
2: or something. So so like I feel like I can see an analog here between this baseball season, this hockey season, and then like every Naito G1 season. <laughs> Where you go in with no hope, you watch, like, five or six matches, and he's going he's go on 5-1, and you're like, yes, he's going to win, this is the final of the year, and then he gets knocked out in the last round again as Yeah,
1: well. I mean, I guess so, I like painful, because it's like, it's I, pain. yeah, I always, I never really go for the super front runners. I don't know, mm-hmm. like, I'm never, it, it kind of makes sense for rest. like, okay, my, I should by all rights be a Yankee fan, I grew up yep. mostly you know, in the, in the metro area. I mean, I grew up a lot in New Jersey and New Jersey, New Jersey doesn't have a baseball team. It's like really hardcore Yankee territory. Uh, mm-hmm. Unless you get to South Jersey when they love the the Philadelphia Phillies. Yep. Um, so, but my dad was a Yankee fan. All my Like all my family's a Yankee fan. My girlfriend's a Yankee fan. I just, you know, I'm a contrarian. So I was like, well, I'm going to pick, I like the color blue mm-hmm. and, you know, I like, uh, I like the Blue Jays. So there. I mean, the only team, the only local sports team that I picked uh, as like my one of my teams, and even though they're my second favorite hockey team, but still, as one of my teams, is the New York Rangers, who are the who are the ones who went fifty-four years between championships, yeah, but like set the record, which is going to be broken soon anyway, mm-hmm. but like set the record for longest Stanley Cup draft from nineteen forty to nineteen ninety-four, and have not won it again since. So. Again, I I guess I like pain. I can't really you like say. Pain. Yeah, okay. I can't really say much else. But yeah, the uh the, the Blue Jays the Blue Jays fuck with me. Uh but they, they were just such a fun team too. Like it really was a fun season. Like, they had yep. like all these home run hitters. Like I don't know, like they were just a bunch of happy people. I can't really describe it, you know, just mm-hmm. like to someone especially someone who doesn't know baseball at all, but just like a really they had this home run jacket. This I love this right. jacket. Like they had this jacket that all of them would put on and it had every country they were all from, you know, like the Dominican Republic and obviously Mm. the USA and Canada and all these other countries like listed on the back in their each native language. It was like really cute. And like they were just a very likable team. Like they would put this jacket on every time someone hit a home run. But I don't know. It was really just a very likable team. And it really fucking sucks that they got eliminated today.
2: But, it's like there's a club it's like it's like it's like a club that brings everyone in and like like really build a sense of community around everyone who plays and everyone who like you know yeah. watches their games and stuff they're just and, you
1: know. they're a really likable team but okay they're gonna lose like they're gonna lose one of their best hitters and two and, and their two best pitchers in the off season probably so
2: just because of trades and finances and uh, well cause because they're of... yeah because they're
1: expiring they're i mean they're they're free agents so yeah can gotcha. sign, they can sign wherever they want and they're, they, mm-hmm. yeah probably you know Jays will get out bed by the Yankees or whatever the fuck. So. Yeah, yeah.
2: Because money always wins any sorts of, you know, sports yeah. league. And, you know, yeah. Chelsea always wins every fucking <laughs> Premier League. And I, No, they don't. City well, wins every they sh- league. They, Well, League. Well, Chelsea should win every Premier League with, like, how much money they throw around the players. But... No,
1: no, no. City spends more money.
2: Well, uh, do they spend more money? Yeah. Okay. it's Okay. Okay.
1: I'll, I'll, I'll pay that. I'll pay Chelsea that. is my one, I guess, front-runner team. Yeah. But... But like when I again to, it, to be fair <laughs> to me, when yeah. I was getting into Premier League soccer, yeah, the every single person I knew was a Manchester United fan. Like this was That's the fair. peak. This was the peak of United dominating soccer. I knew the only team anyone I knew, yeah. was a fan of. So I was like, okay, again, I like the color blue. Uh, I wanted to have a team that has a chance to win, but yep. it's not the absolute front runner. So I'm going to go Chelsea, and yeah. then Chelsea after that. You know, kind of turned into even more of a superpower, but we're still not the superpower. I mean, we have no. you have City, you
2: got City, so, you got Arsenal, yeah, yeah. Arsenal, no, I mean Arsenal, fucking well, sucks. Well, so. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 all my Premier League knowledge is from like 2003 to 2006. When Arsenal, <laughs> yeah, war, you, Arsenal. Know, when, you know, when Arsenal were a power and everyone was in demand. You so there
1: was a oh god, there was a meme. Do you remember when the Super League was going to happen? Briefly yeah. for like the, yeah, for yeah. like a week or whatever. So yeah. there was like a Simpsons meme comparing the the start of the super league to the start of the uh you know to the start of uh the the stone cutters, I guess and Homer Simpson's getting <laughs> yep, yep. put in the stone cutters. Yep. And like Arsenal is Homer Simpson. They're telling Arsenal, like, you know, uh, you have to say, May we end up with nothing but one star player and da 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 <laughs> and and then everybody else, the other team's like, Arsenal should have to take a different pledge. And everybody <laughs> takes the same pledge. Because yes, they just have they have nothing. I mean they're yeah. You know they're very much a uh, not not a good team, but I hate Arsenal because Chelsea Arsenal has a big rivalry. But like, yeah, just yeah, yeah. I, we were it was funny. I was just talking about this with uh, with my friends who again are mostly Manchester United fans uh, last night when we were yeah we were when we were out like a uh, it was one of their it was his birthday so we we're like out celebrating his birthday and you know we were talking about Arsenal fans on our timelines because like and again I'm, I'm I'm sure there might be an Arsenal fan listening that that I'm mm-hmm. offending, but. Arsenal fans are so fucking annoying about it. And it's like they never shut the fuck up about how hard they have it. And I'm just like, I get it. But if you signed up for this in like the last five years, which I think most of them did, honestly, then you should have known what the fuck you were signing up for. You were Mm -hmm. not jumping on a juggernaut here. You fucking signed up to cheer for Arsenal. I don't know what to tell you. It's like I can complain so much about the Blue Jays, but like – at the end of the day, I know the score at the Blue Jays. I know that we're lucky to even be at this point in baseball. The way baseball works, and it's like you know, you're the Blue Jays of of soccer. You don't get to like they complain wow. endless. You they complain endlessly about yeah. how about the like all oh, the t- the money other teams spend. How they never mm. spend any money on this and that. I'm like, you mm. should know what you signed up for. You're Arsenal. Like, come on. Yeah. It just feels absurd after a while. It's like. Like yes, you're. Like, I get it. You're sad sack. I'm. I, I. I don't feel like you. I can only feel yep. so bad for you. Yeah. But anyway, we won the. It's, cha- it's, Chelsea won the Champions League last year. I shouldn't. I. You know, that was my one good sports thing. I guess for the, <laughs> for, the, for, the
2: for the for the fucking decade. Yeah. Yeah it's it's like my dad he's been a lifelong Arsenal fan for like 40 plus years and so like <laughs> I've seen I've seen I've seen him go up from like okay you know like back when I was young and like Arsenal weren't doing shit like through the 2000s and like you know his morale would get higher and higher and he'd spend yeah cuz the games the Premier League games are on here at like three or four in the morning so he'd be getting oh, yeah. up at like the middle of the night to go and watch those games and like you'd go to you know old trafford and you know all the the field yeah you know, he did like a month in the uk and went to all the games and went to all the bunch of games and then over the past five or six years i've seen him like slowly descend into absolute abject despair <laughs> as he, as like Arsenal just keeps making you know Arsenal wenger you know makes more and more horrible decisions they keep losing key players and they keep losing key games
1: he retired now i think yeah yeah he, yeah. he got
2: you know retired question mark yeah, yeah, based on some know. of the results. So it's been a you know, as someone who like I support Leicester, but like very, very casually. So um, oh, yeah, you do the the
1: hipster pick. So they are the hipster
2: pick. Yeah, yeah, Man. yeah. Guilty as charged. So yeah, but seeing yeah, them being know. able. To, yeah, seeing. Oh, the, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, seeing Arsenal descend into, you know, irrelevance has been a um a point of joy for me over the past few years. <laughs> I mean, it is funny it, it yeah. Arsenal, so
1: maybe I, I may be calling them the Blue Jays of I mean the, okay, I the, like what you're describing sounds like my dad with the Yankees where he complains mm-hmm. endlessly about the Yankees. And I just want to be like, like cause today he said something like, oh, I don't know why I'm a Yankee fan. Ah oh, right. this fucking team." I'm just like, Dad, you have seen the fucking Yankees win like 15 championships. Yeah. I don't ever want to hear you complain, okay? <laughs> The Blue Jays won two titles when I was like six years old. I don't even remember it, and I wasn't even a fan yet. So I don't want to yeah. hear you talk about how oh how hard you have it as a Yankee fan. They act like I mean that's what what your dad sounds like, but really I mean the Yankees of uh, of Premier League are obviously united. Yeah, yeah, it's the same thing where they're now they're now you know just not any good anymore. But like I don't know like he like he it's, but what you describe it, your dad sounds like my dad. And It's just like mm-hmm. I don't want to hear you complaining like you guys. Yeah won everything. Like, I don't, like, oh, you haven't, you haven't won since 2009. Oh, there are 12 year olds who never saw the New York Yankees. <laughs> what a championship. Ha, I, my fucking heart breaks for you. And it's just, it, it's just such stupid bullshit but like give me if you you guys need to like for my dad it's over like he he hmm. can never like every time he complains i'm always gonna make fun of him because yeah. he saw too many championships if you're a yankees friend who got in like 2005 or something you've got like 50 more years before i can ever even come close <laughs> to feeling bad for you if you go 50 more years without a championship maybe i can feel a little bad but you still saw them win in 2009 so i don't mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i don't want to hear nothing if I say anything like with the you know the LA Kings who are my favorite hockey team, we yeah. won two championships in 2012 and 2014. So I will never complain about the Kings again. I mean that's, yeah. that's it. It's mm-hmm. the same thing with Naito, Didn't bring it back to wrestling. I was just going to bring. I was just going to say that. Yeah, I was literally I saw, waiting for the moment. to I saw Naito win the double dome, so yeah. I'm never going to complain about his book. It's just, it's over. They won the yeah. big one. Yeah, you can't when once you win the big one, even to me, even once. Like, yeah. you lose your rights to complain for at least 20 years. Like, that's it. <laughs> okay? I can complain so, about the Blue Jays until I see them win it. I cannot complain about the Kings. I sure as fuck can't complain about Chelsea. I've seen them win two mm-hmm. Champions Leagues uh, with, uh, you know, midseason manager replacements. Yeah. Which is like, I don't know how the fuck that happened. Uh, you know, I can complain about the Rangers, I guess. But, you know, no one wants to hear someone complain about their second favorite team anyway. No, exactly. But, like, but the Blue Jays, I can, you know, I can complain about them, but I cannot complain. And I can't complain about Naito. That's
2: it. Like, it's over. So, so. you can't complain about Naito, but I can still complain about Jay White. That's what I'm hearing? Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay. Well, you're going to really
1: complain when he goes to WWE and January. Oh, fucking,
2: oh, so. uh, don't <laughs> get me started. S- seeing Big Jamie go to the fash would really fucking upset me. Yeah, or even even to even even to AEW, I you know because I don't uh, watch American wrestling, so like he could do the best shit in the world in AEW, but because I I don't watch it, like sorry.
1: Yeah, AEW's been fun, but I mean, sure. I keep waiting for this run to be over because, like, yeah, it feels like it. It kind of feels like the thing that I don't know. Like every time I get, I do get into AEW, and I I do think they've been (laughs) really good lately. I they end up doing something where like hmm. the shoe drops and it's not fun for me anymore. Yep. I don't know what that's going to be, but like like last time, you know, leading up to you know, the early part of this year, it was the revolution paper, which I thought was absolutely mm-hmm. fucking dog shit and it just completely soured me on the company and I stopped watching for months after that. And you know, so far this this is the this is the longest I have ever continuously enjoyed AEW. If you go back to like when the first no, I don't even think it's that long. I think it's, like, <laughs> oh, okay. uh, I think it's like uh, four months. Okay. So I think they moved. They move. It's when when they first moved back to Wednesday night when they w- had to go to uh, Saturdays and they had those terrible shows uh, during the mm. NBA preemption. I think that was July. It might have been June. I don't know yeah, somewhere. So yeah, yeah. like somewhere four or this. five, four or five months. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I ha- you know, I went to Grand Slam and enjoyed it. Uh, I got tickets to the show in December, but like. You know, it's it, they're always a company I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop with. And they still, mm-hmm. even when I really enjoy them, they still book, like, the most dog shit finishes in wrestling. Like, yeah. they, right up there with WWE for, like, the worst fucking finishes. And that's always their Achilles heel for me, where I'm just like, I don't, like, you guys just book, like, a, sometimes you guys book, like, absolute dog shit. But, mm. but anyway, but I mean, the, the actual shows are, you know, enjoyable, and they have enough good wrestlers now and all that. But, uh, you know. I, it's not American wrestling. Will never be my favorite format of wrestling either. Obviously, so you know, yeah, and it's, it's just, like it's always it's, it's always gonna have a disadvantage.
2: Yeah, it's on during the middle of the day for me, so I can't really watch it while I'm working. And you know, with all the you know Japanese wrestlings happening in you know an hour or two hours away from my local time, it's just like okay, if I have X amount of hours in a week to watch really good AEW or watch kind of bad all Japan shows, I guess I'm gonna watch the kind of bad all Japan shows. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean all Japan's yeah. been good lately.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, know. good. Yeah, i wait, but like that, I have the same thing. You're, you know, you're describing AEW with all Japan. I'm waiting for like <laughs> something to happen where the suffering begins again, and somehow we get another year-long Suwama reign, and <laughs> I, yeah. I suffer.
1: Yeah. I guess we finally transitioned to wrestling, so that's good. So uh, yeah. before I get to the first of these two shows, we're going to talk about. Uh, I just need to let everybody know, of course, that the wrestling Omakase say Patreon is only five dollars a month. Uh, and right now it is obviously the best value you can get uh, in the wrestling Patreon world because I am doing daily audio of the grade one climax uh, and the N1 victory that just concluded. So basically there's like a show going up every fucking day pretty much. So, uh, you know, obviously you get a lot for your five bucks. I do in-depth reviews of every single match, uh, you know, even the special singles matches on the A-block side, the night to replacement ones. And, you know, we get into a lot of different, you know, uh you know like what makes the match good what makes the match bad what makes booking bad i really tore the fuck into night eight you know the yesterday's mm. show uh that was like simultaneously my least favorite episode recorded in a long time but also when i listened back to it i did like it so i don't always listen back to my stuff but i wanted to like hear what that sounded like because it was such a miserable show to talk about but I thought I did a good job ripping into it. I don't know, mm-hmm. so I will uh, plug that one specifically—the Night Eight review. But yeah, every single night that's not covered on a free episode of the show, obviously, is covered on the Patreon, either on a standalone tournament audio, or, of course, we only do every other week for free. The other week is a Patreon exclusive full episode, so it would have been covered on one of those, perhaps. Uh, we also covered the all Japan core again on last week's episode too. So not just G1 and M1, we got that covered too. Uh, and you can listen to everything, every single other thing we ever recorded. If you've never signed up for before, uh, that includes the Tokyo Dome main events. I went through the entire 1990s for that. Um, and we'll resume that closer to the end of the year, of course. But, uh, you know, we're through every single 1990s Tokyo Dome. Uh, the Naito Tanahashi matches, Okada Tanahashi matches, Naito HGE matches, All of those are covered in chronological order. Uh, You know, tons of other stuff on there, full-length episodes. Again, every other week when there's no free episode, there's a full-length episode exclusive to the Patreon. So just tons and tons and tons of audio on there. Uh, And again, all of it is only $5 per month, and it's the start of a month right now. It's October 3rd as I'm recording this, so obviously you get your full value for the month. Uh, Plus, you know, like I said, you can always go back and listen to anything from the past as well. So it's at patreon.com. Slash Wrestling or Uh I hope you'll consider signing up and check out the great audio that we have on there for you. All right, it's it's great. I can confirm it. Oh yeah, you are a subscriber. Yeah, there you go. Liam, Liam likes it. Liam gives it the thumbs up, which might not be yeah, (laughs) depending how much weight you put in that. Yeah. Uh. Well, Liam, what what, you're what Leicester fan, right? That's that's your soccer team, so I guess that's uh. It's it's good for hipsters. That's what you're saying. <laughs> it's the hipster pick of patrons. I mean, look, I am not going to sit here and say we are the most successful Patreon out there, but Jesus Christ, the Voice Wrestling Slack was listing off some of the other Patreons mm. out there, mm. and I never feel more successful with mine uh, than when they start listing off some of the other ones. I'm like, hmm, somehow uh, hovering between 50 and like 65, depending on the week. Uh, depending on the month, doesn't seem so bad when these people are yeah. like eight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, like some big, big names too. Yeah, yeah. Like six
2: patrons. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know. There was, really... there, there was one name I know who used to run a company that was fairly successful in the 2000s, <laughs> early 2010s. And I think they have like, what, 12 patrio- patrons? Something are you talking like about that? Krakenbus? Oh, I couldn't confirm or deny that. Okay. I think he
1: like... <laughs> Does, he... Does he have like that many? I thought it was like I six think it's... or
2: something. It's something ridiculously small for his role in the wrestling ecosystem. Yeah, and
1: there's like a bunch of other ones. Like, there's like other there's whole sites that have like three. Mm. I'm not gonna name names and like like uh, make fun of anybody directly, but yeah, I don't know. I never, you know. I mean, uh, you know, my Patreon is it's a nice little side hobby, and it, it you know it has. A lot more than a lot of other people, I have to say that. So, And the best and part I, about
2: it is you don't have to subject yourself to Raw or SmackDown reviews. That,
1: that is very true. Yeah. You do not have to watch. I mean, watching Night 8 of the G1 was pretty bad, but I can't yep. imagine it's even 1-100th of watching an episode of Monday Night Raw. So there you go. All right. So let us get into the first G1 show we're going to talk about here. Well, the first show we're going to talk about, which is the mm-hmm. G1 show. Uh, night 9 of the G1 from today, Sunday, October 3rd at the Aichi Perfectional Gymnasium in Nagoya. Uh, One thing that's hurt the shows lately is these crowds have been utter dog shit. Yeah. And like, for the people who, again, I I went on this rant during my night eight Patreon audio, but I might as well do it on the free feed too, where more people will hear it. If you are one of these people who vlogs onto Twitter and says clap crowds don't matter, I can't even hear a difference in clap crowds. How can anybody claim they can tell who's over based on clap crowds. All these other trash takes I've seen the past year and a half, all I want you to do is watch the first two nights of the G1, either mm-hmm. one, night one or two, in Osaka, and then watch either night eight or night nine, preferably night eight, because this crowd was yeah. not good either, but they did get a little into some stuff. Night mm-hmm. eight uh, from Hamamatsu, which was a dog shit crowd even before COVID. Hamamatsu yeah. did not need... Covid nineteen protocols to be a horrible <laughs> crowd. They were they had lots of practice already. Yeah. Uh, so if I want you to watch night one or two, and then watch night eight or nine back to back, and then fucking tell me that clap crowds can't make a difference, or mm-hmm. there's no such thing as a good clap crowd, all sort bullshit. Because man, these fucking people go long stretches uh, where their hands don't work apparently, and it sure as hell makes a fucking difference. So.
2: It's also like, um, so you know that thing where some people watch shows on mute or on very low volume? And I think yeah. that's like kind of, you know, not to be rude about, it, but I think it's like kind of psychopathic. Because I'm like, um, like all of the, you know, crowd noise and crowd reaction is so key to this form of entertainment. You know, having an, an audience that's engaged and showing their engagement is what wrestling is all about. And so you can actually, see, you know, it actually really impacts on my enjoyment of wrestling shows compared to like that night one, night two where they had, or even like the N1 final, we're going to talk about later. Um, You know, having a really engaged club that's making noise and, you know, engaged in what's happening actually really impacts for me on my enjoyment of like, you know, what's happening and like being able to really focus in on what's happening inside the ring. Yeah,
1: no, I I agree. I will say I agree to an extent. When I watch a match like the last two matches we got here on night nine, mm -hmm. uh, like it really struck me watching Zach and Ishii, where like the crowd was pretty fucking silent for most of that match. But, like, if a match is yep. that good, I can still enjoy it. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, a, a hot crowd of any kind, even a hot clap crowd, would have elevated even further, probably. Mm-hmm. But, like, if a, if the ring work is as good as, like, a Zach and Ishii were doing in that match, I, you know, it's still enjoyable for me. Like, that kind of match exact- mm-hmm. is, you know, it really sums up why for all the other issues with New Japan right now for not even just the clap crowds, but the horrible booking at times and, you know, some of the other bullshit that I will continue to watch it because at the end of the day, they still give me, you know, high quality ring work with about, I don't want to say more consistency than anybody else, but like certainly as much consistency as anybody for sure. Yep. Um. So when at the end of the day, that, that is a big thing, but yeah, for, for sure that having a engaged clap crowd makes a huge difference compared to a non-engaged clap crowd. I think that's very yep. clear uh, as we hit these kind of mid G1 doldrums here. Mm-hmm. uh so this show opened up with yoshinobu kanemaru defeating kosei fujita in 734 They boston crab uh, this was of course your scheduled non-tournament match uh very normal young line stuff here i thought a little more exciting though than yesterday's uh kenemaru oriwa match which mm. uh, was a lot of, of Kanemaru working over his leg just wasn't very exciting at all i went two and th- i went two and a half on that one on this one i thought it was a little better so i went two and three quarters
2: Yeah, I think it was like very basic stuff that like these young lines are still so new and so fresh out of the dojo that there's not really much you can do with them at this point, but you need to get them the reps. So, um, like the one thing I've noticed about both of these new lines is like they wrestle like heels and they look like heels. So like, it's like, I don't know if that's like a change in the training or a change in like how they're being perceived or like, you know, anything like that, but just they feel like it's. Uemura and Suji always felt like babyface leaning young lions. So these feel like heel lean, leaning young lions, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, aside from sense. that, yeah, just like really basic, you know, stuff. Boston crab finish, no big spots.
1: Uh, match yeah. number two, the special singles <sighs> match to replace uh, the planned Naito and Yano match from this night. Uh, the Toriyano defeats Bushi in seven fourteen with a schoolboy. Uh, first of all, so Toriano has been bringing out this bag a lot lately, and mm-hmm. he used to like cover Bushi's head. Bushi yep. brought out a Louis Vuitton bag, <laughs> yeah. to try to counter Yano's yep. bag. That was very funny. I laughed. That was pretty good. Like if, you, yep. if you don't get the joke, Bushi loves fashion. That's pretty much the whole joke, and he brought that up. Like when he brought that out, it was like, well, that makes way too much sense. Yep. Uh, the they both get blinded but then the referee just pulls the bags off both their heads. And it's just like, they is that easy? Why, why can't they pull the bags off their own heads?
2: Yeah, they're um, not like tying the bags around them. It's just like the bags are hanging loosely on their heads and neither of them are smart enough or have the thought to actually just pull the bags off. Yeah, Idiots. very bizarre. Yep. Uh,
1: we get the usual nonsense you expect here. Bushi ties Yano to the barricade using a towel. Yano yep. escapes, makes it back to the ring. Uh, Yano, in turn, ties Bushi's mask to the barricade, but he stole a page from Great Ocon's book, and he pulled scissors out and cuts his way free. Now, some people hate the, that spot. I think, it, like, they're like, oh, it doesn't make any sense that he would have scissors. I'm like, what does it make sense about that? If you were going to wrestle Toriano, a wrestler who mm-hmm. loves to tie things, uh, why the fuck wouldn't you bring scissors? Yeah. like, I think that's perf- that's perfectly, uh, you know, logical. It's like, well, he thought ahead. I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't that's that spot doesn't bother me at all. Honestly,
2: it's also uh, like, like it um. It also responds to that criticism of like people don't watch each other's matches. It's like it yeah. shows you people watch the matches, like you know, yeah. round matches and learn from them.
1: Um, then uh, the ref gets blinded with one of these sacks, so he misses mm-hmm. he misses Bushi rolling up Yano for the win. So Yano then low blows Bushi while he's taking the sack off the ref's head and schoolboys Bushi for the win. Um, this was like amusing enough. I don't know. It was it was definitely yeah. short, which yeah. I appreciated. Uh, I gave it the perfectly average two and a half. I definitely didn't hate it, so you know, wasn't wasn't painful like that Yano Kenta match. So,
2: oh, I disagree on that. I think that, that <laughs> Yano Kenta match was pretty funny, but maybe
1: I, that's just me. That one, yeah, that one really pissed me off for some reason. Like, I, I feel like half the half the shit with Yano was like, "What kind of mood are you in?" And yep. at this yeah, point, at this point in my day, the Blue Jays had not yet tore my heart out, so <laughs> I was still in a good mood. So there you go, and uh, like.
2: Bushi kind of sucks, so putting Bushi in with huge, huge, and Yano makes sense in terms of like having a matchup, you know, a yeah. makeup match. I th- so I always think Bushi sucks as
1: too strong. I think he's fine.
2: I think he kind of sucks. I don't think he sucks. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah,
1: I don't. I don't. Ha- I always think feel like people are way too hard on him. Like I don't think he's awful yeah. or anything. Just think he's like a perfectly average wrestler. I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe slightly below average. But yeah. He's like what? Okay, with Bushi. Like first of all, he's never pushed very hard, and second of all. Like, if you're going to be like an average wrestler or whatever, like, if you could post pictures in black and white, your hands making this weird vagina esque, like, uh, (laughs) hand sign doing everything. Like, he has a certain charm to him that a lot of other bad wrestlers don't have. So I I enjoy Bushi.
2: He's inoffensive. I could take some Bushi sometimes.
1: Inoffensive is a great name, great word. Yeah, Yeah,
2: great word for it.
1: Uh, Match number three, Mm -hmm. our first tournament match of the night. Uh, Kenta defeats the Great Okan in 1939 with a schoolboy. So Kenta goes up to four and two, and Okan drops down to four and two. Uh, I thought Kenta was like he Kenta was like very amused by Okan, or he was like trying hard not to laugh during Okan's entrance, and -hmm. then he like briefly mocked some of the entrance mannerisms like before the match. Like it was very brief, so you may have missed it, but like he was yeah yeah. Well, I, I guess I meant the, the audience. Oh, anybody, anybody yeah. may have missed it. Yeah. I, I knew you saw it, Liam because you had the eyes of a hawk. But people <laughs> at home, people at home, it was like very, very brief. But yeah, he was like kind of like doing a little shakes, and I, I was, I thought that was funny. Uh, so before the match, Kenta tells Ocon he has to do like a very, very humiliating bow to him before if he loses, and Ocon just kind of laughs this off. Uh, yeah. There was some fun mat work here, Ocon especially. He, he looked. Like vicious on the mat, which is all kind of hard to do at times. Like he looks like he's actually hurting his opponent instead of just, you yeah. know, putting him in random holds. Uh, he won't break his holds and kept us in the rope, and he does a, just does a great job looking like he's gonna break somebody's arm or leg or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really liked his like takedowns here. His very smooth at mat transitions. Um, he got a head and arm choke at one point, yep. but Kenta kept like pulling on his braid to try to escape. Uh, but then he finally did make the ropes, and then but Okan just kind of like beats on him before he actually lets go. Uh, there's this really vicious exchange of slaps soon after the 15-minute <laughs> call. Yep. They just slap the piss out of each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Kenta finally puts him down to win that exchange. He goes for go to sleep. Okan escapes using his claw. He goes for the Eliminator. Kenta hits a counter knee in midair. That looked cool. And yep. goes for go to sleep again, but Okan escapes again gets the claw back on and tries to lift Kenta back up for Eliminator, but Kenta then bumps Ocon to the ref on purpose. That yeah. <laughs> uh, Kenta hits Ocon with some hard chair shots while the ref is down. He puts on Ocon's hat. That was funny. Yep. And then he heads up top, double stomps the chair into Ocon's midsection, breaking the chair in the process. Uh, the ref is somehow still down. So Kenta pulls a baseball bat out, but this time when Kenta tries to swing the bat at Ocon, Ocon catches the bat in mid-blow, but the referee revives, sees Ocon at the bat, and yep. despite the fact that I don't think Great Ocon has cheated once in his entire uh, New Japan career so far, the ref sees the bat and is like, you definitely used that bat, huh? And the argument allows Kenta the schoolboy Ocon from behind with the tights for the win.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, this was like every Kenta match in this tournament so far for me where I'm enjoying it a ton, and, and then the bullshit starts and it sucks. Uh, and I guess I just have to learn to accept this shit from Kenta at this point. But, like, it it's, okay. When Kenta first got to New Japan, I yeah. understood why they leaned so heavily in the bullshit because he looked like he didn't have his legs under him at all. Now he's having these really enjoyable matches, these really enjoyable straight wrestling matches with these opponents, and then just doing bullshit for no reason. He does not need the bullshit. Like, it just com- feels completely unnecessary for him. I get he's a heel and he's in Bullet Club, but, like, other Bullet mm. Club members are are not doing anything in this tournament. I mean, you know, yes. Yujiro is barely cheating, Tonga Loa isn't really cheating at all, Tom and Tonga, I don't know. I just, I I really wish he would just drop the bullshit because he's already turned into, like, a great uh, wrestler in New Japan that doesn't need that bullshit at all. Um, I'll go three and a half on balance because everything leading up to the end was a lot of fun. But it easily could have been four stars without all that cliche bullshit at the end. I I hate the spot where the ref like sees the guy with the bat and argues with him. It's like, come on. You know who exactly... It's Great O'Conn and Kenta. When has mm. Great O'Conn ever used a baseball bat? Just, I hate that fucking yeah, spot. Yeah.
2: Someone made a comparison for like modern 2021 Kenta to Eddie Guerrero. I saw mm. that and like it, it, I kind of thought about it for a minute. I was like, no, that's not right. And then I thought about it for a minute. I was like, actually... You know, entertaining matches and then the bullshit happens and then, you know, he interferes. And like it's entertaining. It's entered. it's like it's the sort of thing where it's like it's not like the evil bullshit where it like takes the wind of a match. It's like funny, weird, sort of like comedy um, you know, shenanigans. And so like I kind of thought about that. I was like, okay, if this is gonna be what Kenter is now, he's not gonna put on these four and a half star matches or anything like that. He's gonna just like play into his character. Um, I guess I can kind of accept that. I kind of accept that yeah, like, leaning but- into this big li- yeah but the problem i have with that that comparison and i guess with
1: that with that scenario though is i i feel like he almost is putting on like really great
2: in-ring matches
1: until the bullshit starts i'm just like it doesn't feel like he even needs this anymore but i don't know maybe it's Mm. it's just maybe it's just what he wants to do i have no idea yeah
2: i i feel like he's like trying to play into like this really distinct character well not distinct i don't know but like he's got like this idea for this character he wants to play of like okay he can you know work a good match, but then also have these shenanigans at the end to show that like, he doesn't need these shenanigans, but he just wants to put them in to like, sort of, I don't know. Uh, give that sort of like to stay heel or something like that. And yeah. I, I don't know if that's working because it's entertaining. Um, I feel like um the other thing about Okan that I was sort of thinking about, so one, he's only been wrestling for four years and he's already this good, which is a little freaky. He's really I, like,
1: I, I know so many people who insist he's horrible and I just, I, I don't understand it. Like, like Quinlan, them mm. will insist he's bad. I'm just like, you have Meltzer brain. I don't understand. Like, why? Yeah. the why what, what about Great O'Connor's bad? I just never understood it. Like, well, he comes out, he does awesome holds. He looks like a very unique, I mean, he has this very unique character. He plays it to perfection. He looks like yeah. a badass. Like, I just, I don't really get it. Like, what is bad about this? It's one of the more I bizarre
2: takes out there at this point. I I think some of these matches are a little hit and miss. Like there are some cases where like you'll have an occasional match where it kind of doesn't, it falls flat. But I'm actually sure. kind of, I, like, I don't I don't mind that. Who, I think that's who actually... doesn't though? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think like the character points, like, um you know, I think is like really, really important. If someone said to you in 2018, oh, this great Okan guy, like Oka's going to come back from RevFro. He's going to come back with the same weird gimmick he's currently working in that's bombing. And it's going to be one of the best characters in the company. You'd go like, no, that's fucking stupid. You're on drugs. But it's like, no, actually, he has come back and he's made this weird, you know, off-the-wall character really, really engaging. And makes me want to, like, even if the matches aren't, like, you know, four and a half star work rates, you know, bonanzas, I want to watch everything he does. And I want to see how many, you know, I want to see how he faces everyone in that B block who he hasn't faced yet. He's fresh, he's new, he's engaging. So, I love the Okan.
1: Me too. And and he loves anime girls, so that's another another <laughs> another, another favor. Uh, although we although he and I really don't have the same taste in, in anime at all. Like he loves, mm-hmm. um, you know, like the he loves like the I don't know, like these Bushiroad like which I'm sure does. they love like these yeah. Bushiroad like uh, idol girl shows, which has never been mm-hmm. my thing really. But yeah, he yeah. loves he loves those kind of shows, and it's not really my thing at all. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, but you know, God bless him. Everybody's got to love whatever they love, and he loves anime girls uh, doing idle things, so. I'm yeah. not gonna yuck his yum. Exactly.
2: Uh, I don't know what that means. What is that? <laughs> is, it, is
1: that like a say- saying down there?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like you don't uh, yuck someone else's yum. It's like you don't um oh I get it, I get it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe once I thought about it for a second. Yeah. Uh but yes, after the match, Kenta tries to get Okan to give him that humiliating bow. Yep. Okan starts doing it, but then just gives him the eliminator to step. That was awesome. Just like, fuck you. Yep. He's like, I'm not bowing to your cheating ass. Mm-hmm. Uh match Kenta number has... Oh, Kenta sorry, has God. the best
2: faces. He has the oh, best yeah. fucking face expressions. Yeah, he oh, just looks like,
1: so disgusted after. Yeah. yeah. Uh match <laughs> number four uh tanga loa defeating yujiro takahashi in twelve thirty six with the ape shit. uh tanga goes to two and three and yujiro drops down to two and three um so all four of the people here yujiro tanga and their two seconds uh peter and Jado, they did the two sweet before the match so i guess everyone was on the same page from the start at least uh but tanga and yujiro both take turns like swerving on each other uh, another two sweet though they just kick the other one in the gut instead uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, that was your early, I guess, you know, it got a trend. at least they didn't do the fucking lay down from me uh, bullshit <laughs> that we saw from evil the night before. Yeah. Uh, Tongaloa at one point busts out a standing moonsault. That's like, look, you're it, this sucks for Tongaloa because like you're in the same company as Jeff Cobb. Yeah. A way bigger dude who can do a standing moonsault. So it's like this impressive move, uh, you know, in a vacuum, like just kind of can't compare. So, mm-hmm. you know, it just sucks for Tonga. Uh, The match settles into being a bit boring during Tonga Loa's heat period. Just not much happening there. And Yujiro's selling, I thought, was really not good at all here in this match. Like, at some point, Tonga has him in some kind of wacky rest hold. And Mm. Yujiro, you know, the cameras pointed right at Yujiro's face. So Yujiro's looking straight in the camera. And he's making this face where he looks like... I I, I honestly don't know what he was... Like, he's trying to act like he's in pain. But it looks Mm -hmm. more like he's trying to act surprised. I don't know how to describe like he had this big wide open face and it's like it looked more like somebody it honestly looked like somebody was told they're gonna have a surprise party and they're now <laughs> showing up at the, they're now showing up at their surprise party trying to act like they're surprised because they don't want everybody to feel bad that they already knew about the surprise party. I mean that's what his face looked like. So mm. somehow Trying to act like he's in pain turned into a very unconvincing trying to act, uh, act like he's surprised <laughs> it was very bizarre, uh, but Yujo's little comeback after the five-minute mark that was better, and that's definitely mm. where he excels at playing underdog. Uh, yeah. He does a nice toe to the floor too. That got some you know gasping out of the crowd, which uh, you know this crowd was not exactly making a ton of noise. So mm. uh, Peter Peter one but like her dancing was just kind of funny. Like she looks. The, she's, like, dancing with the clapping or something, but, like, I don't know. It's not often you see a woman as attractive as her look like an absolute dork. And she kind of <laughs> looked like a huge dork, the way she was shaking around. I'm like, you're supposed to be a dancer, aren't you? Like, you're yeah. – this was not very good dancing. Like, I don't know. Maybe they weren't giving her a good enough beat or something, but it was very weird.
2: I guess uh, it's hard to dance in heels that high, I suppose. Yeah, that's
1: but, that's true. Yeah. I, don't, well, I, I I mean, people do it, apparently. But, well, yeah. Uh, you know, at certain establishments. Mm. Uh Yujiro and Tonga, they go back and forth looking for their signature moves. Uh mm-hmm. Yujiro eventually lands the Olympic slam and Miami Shine for near falls. Uh, Tonga comes back though, nails the ape shit out of nowhere, and that gives him his first real one in the tournament. Because remember his two points. yes uh, with the NATO uh, you know, forfeit match. But yeah, this was fine, not anything more than that. I would go I win three. Maybe that's a little generous even. Uh, it was boring early. Yudro's selling was goofy, but I thought it picked up enough down the stretch to call it a fine little match. I don't think it was bad, certainly, but like you know, both these guys have had better matches in this tournament so far already. So, you know,
2: what are you gonna do? I thought they had a good idea of like Yudro trying to counterplay Tunga Lower and try to use his momentum against him a lot. I thought like that risk, like that risk clutch back into the Olympic Slam was kind of cool, but like this is an okay match that the crowd did not give a single shit about. So,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, Tangaloa helped you draw up afterward. Even kind of helped him in the back. So no signs of bullet club dissension there, at least. So bullet club is fine. All the, all the evil and uh, God, who the fuck was he facing the night before? Chase Owens. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Chase Owens. Oh yeah, that evil and Chase, yeah. all that stuff the night before. Yeah. You know. This was a much more amicable, amicable end, I guess, than uh, Evil and Chase the night before. Like, where Chase gave him a two sweep but looked so angry about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, up next, we have the first or two matches that kind of saved the show. I mean, that's, maybe that's too strong. Eh, eh. The, the local card wasn't that bad. But Tomiho Ishii defeats Zach Sabre Jr. in 1840 with the vertical drop Brain Buster. Uh, Ishii moves up to 3-3, three and three and Zach suffers his first loss of the tournament. He is now 4-1. <sighs> and one. Disgusting. Uh Zach gets the European clutch on Ishii. Very nearly pins him with the European clutch in the first minute or two of the match. Uh, it was a very, very close near fall. Really cool ending to a fun little opening sequence. Uh, Ishii chops the hell of Zach in the corner, but Zach finally comes back with this nasty-looking arm stretch using the ropes. Uh, Ishii starts working over Zach's leg a bit to try to counter Zach working over his arm, but then he ends up like collapsing to the mat for hitting an elbow. Uh, Zach gets his swinging DT DT out of the corner. Ishii no-sells it, hits Mm. this huge shoulder shoulder block that just sends Zach flying. Zach pops right up from that, hits a PK, but Ishii no-sells that and hits a huge lariat to Mm. finally end a very wild sequence. Uh, The match keeps up a high pace. You get several near falls off of flash pins, and Zach gets a great high-speed front suplex to counter... Ishii trying for the Brain Buster. Uh, And then as soon as Ishii hits the mat, he goes straight into looking for uh, first a Kimura and then a cross arm breaker. So that was cool.
0: In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from Arena Club Off again, that's arena club.com/slash VOW net, arena club.com/slash VOW net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.
1: He then switches to a triangle, Ishi sells like he's going out, but he's finally able to recover. He just starts stepping on Zach's face to get mm. him to break it. That was awesome. They've, they've done that before, I think, in the yep. previous matches, but it's a great spot. Um, Zach tries to immediately hit hit the Zach Driver as they stand back up, which again I thought was a, a cool counter from his perspective, where it's like you know he's uh you know just the mo- the submission didn't work, so he goes right for his uh you know his his high impact move. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ishii though hits a huge headbutt to counter it. Zach no sells that, hits a high kick to Ishii's arm. Ishii shrugs that off and hits another huge lariat uh to put him down. At this point, this this was where the match really just fucking owned. We get another big Larry from Ishii. Zach kicks out at two, and Ishii then nails the brain buster, and that is of course the pen to give Zach his first loss of the tournament. Uh mm-hmm. this is pretty much as awesome as you would expect. You know, I went four and a quarter here. Uh if anything it felt like it could have gone way longer. The match ended somewhat abruptly and I, I would have been down for more of this match, which you know you don't always say that after a big new Japan match, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Uh but yeah, the both these guys, you know, Zach and Ishii, really helping to carry A block. Not exactly yeah. unexpected. Uh, and you could maybe argue Ishii going back to Lariat so much with all the arm work Zach did was like bad selling or psychology. But I thought Ishii did such a great job, you know, selling his own arm pain, even yeah. after he hit every move, that I, I really didn't mind it at all. So, you know, I enjoyed This match was awesome.
2: I think these two are like the perfect opponents for each other in terms of like two... Yeah. Two people who have like very distinct styles who are very different in terms of physical you know appearance and physical like structure and size, who like um, you know, play off each other really well. You have like Ishii coming with the high impact strikes, you know, and being able to withstand anything that Zach can throw at him, and then Zach like basically whimper like, you know, falling to a single strike and you know having to fight back with the submissions. And like that's a really it's a really interesting contrast. Like the only criticism I can have for this is like these two have faced off like a bunch of times before. And, you know, because they are so distinct and they are so different from each other, and we've seen this, you know, a number of times before, like, you know what you're getting coming into this. That being said, it fucking ruled. It still was like an awesome, awesome match. So, yeah. um, yeah, yeah, highly recommended. I've, I've got to give criticism to Ishii for trying to, you know, screw the rightful G1 winner again by beating him, but, hey, one year, one year. <laughs>
1: um, the This, by the way, evened up, the the career series, so it was 3-2. Oh, really? yeah it was three two Zach entering this match, so it is now three three. Well, they kind of talked about this like so Zach had gotten all of his wins in the past in the G one, so if you look at it, Zach beat or, or two of his three. So yeah. Zach beat him um in the twenty seventeen G one, he beat him in the twenty eighteen G one, and he won their last meeting, which is where he won the Red Pro title back from him at Wrestle Kingdom thirteen. Uh, January fourth, twenty nineteen. So this was their first meeting in almost, you know, like like almost three is. years. Yeah. Right. Uh, Ishii's two wins came in the uh, the U.S. title tournament, their first ever meeting in yep. July twenty seventeen, and then he beat him in New Orleans uh, during WrestleCon twenty eighteen to win the Red Pro title. So this was Ishii's first ever win against Zack in a G one, and it was you know like I said, they evened up the career series uh, at three and three. Mm-hmm. The main event here. Uh, was Kota Ibushi defeating Shingo Takagi in twenty three fifty seven with the Kamigoe. Uh Ibushi goes to four and two, and Shingo drops to three and two. Uh, Shingo and Ibushi—they definitely start slow here. This was paced the way you could t- sort of tell they were going long. I believe this was easily Ibushi's longest match uh, since coming back from his, uh, you know, illness. So you know, it was good to see him uh, kind of work his way into a twenty-four minute match here and maybe yes. get into that pace again because you know. I think people were kind of wondering, like, okay, can he just not go long? Because he's doing a lot of like, you know, the, the match with Tanahashi at the dome, I think, went 19 minutes and
2: 1747.
1: Oh, seven. Oh, no, there you go. They, even yeah. even shorter I thought. Maybe it was like the G, his last big G1 made of It went like 19 minutes. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. yeah. So, you know, just like it was good to see him go a little longer here. Uh abushi at one point hits like this really nice snap rana from a standing position. That sends Shingo all the way to the floor, so Koda can hit a really nice Asai moonsault, and he does it off the top rope instead of the, uh, you know, mm-hmm. instead of the second rope like we usually say. Uh, of course, he lands right on his neck in the process. Not, not very surprising. Um, then we get a uh, very hard strike exchange with between Ibushi's kicks and Shingo's chops, but Shingo put a stop to that just before the 15 minute call with a nice dragon screw. And I love that he lifted that move because from Tanahashi, because first of all, it mm. kind of continues his, um, you know, his, uh, his whole like, you know, move thief character. He has going in new Japan, but more importantly, he's the fucking dragon. So it makes a lot of sense that he has. Oh yeah. Has the dragon screw. Yeah. 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 Uh, Ibushi hits a very nice short arm lariat at one point, but Shingo no sells it. Hits his own lariat. Uh, Ibushi takes this huge flip bump, uh, just and then, and like, but then, like, kind of still pops right back up. And then, German suplexes Shingo, but Shingo no sells it, hits his big running elbow to the back of uh, Ibushi's head. As Ibushi's sitting there, kind of like grinning like an idiot uh, hmm. over what he just did or something, it was very weird, honestly. He was just kind of sitting there grinning, like, yeah, look what I just did. Um, but yeah, then. Uh, Shingo, like, then just, like, fucking murders this dude with his lariat from the left, like, the moment Ibushi avoided the pumping bomber. That was a really, really cool spot. Uh, he then hits Made in Japan for a close near fall, but Ibushi comes back, uh, with the Bamae. hits his sit-out last ride for a two-count, just before the 20-minute call. He tries for Goe, but Shingo is too strong. He locks his arm together to keep, to keep Abushi from pulling him in. He headbutts him in the chest a couple times. Hits this great counter punch right to the face, uh, and then a huge headbutt. Then he like again. I don't know if this was meant to be a move thief thing. I I kind of feel like it was. He hits this big knee to like a kneeling Abushi's head, mm. and I I don't know if I've ever seen him hit a knee attack at all before. So no. I guess you could argue, yeah, That's weird. Kind of adds to his move stealing gimmick, which I I really like. He um, hits a huge pumping bomber. Ibushi, of course, takes this enormous bump for it. Uh, that gets a two count. And then Shingo starts battering Ibushi with the forearms from each side. But Ibushi answers with a huge palm strike. Hits this really cool high kick. Like He almost did like a handstand to hit the high kick. It looked really cool mm. as like a, a counter to the to charging Shingo. Uh, then he just grabs him and nails him with Kamigoe. He covers, but Shingo somehow kicks it too. and this Or kicks out too. And this Nagoya crowd that hadn't been great all night, as we went over already, just yeah. react really big for that. So that was cool. Uh, Kota tries for Kamigoi again. Uh, Shingo catches it, though. Pulls him straight up into Last of the Dragon. Abushi escapes with the reverse Rana. He hits a huge running knee to Shingo's face. Then the reverse Kamigoi to the back and the Kamigoi to the front. And that's the pen. Uh, awesome, awesome main event. It started a little bit slow. But you know, it was I thought it was four and a quarter easy again. I kind of even thought about four and a half. They really turned it down, the, turned it on up down the stretch, adding some stuff that that was kind of new for them. But you know, the early portion portions just a little too dull for me to go that high. Uh, so it was four and a quarter here, and you know, I think it was behind at least one other four and a quarter match that's happened the G one already. Mm. Uh, but this is just your prototypical awesome New Japan main. Uh, again, this is the exact kind of match that explains why for all the other issues, both these matches, I already kind of went through this, but like why I, I still watch New Japan and stick with the promotion because, you know, matches like this are still worth it and they still give you more of these than, you know, certainly more than AEW does. Uh, and I can't call, like AEW obviously delivered with that Kenny Danielson match last week, but they you know, you, you have to go like every three months maybe for a match, you know, close to that good. Whereas, you know, you get you obviously get a lot more than in New Japan. Um, I can't call this anything other than a very good show. Thanks to these two uh, matches, ups. and I liked Okafor's kenta too. I'm sorry, you can go in, Go ahead. Yeah, I, I was like, I was like, I've got some thoughts in this match. Right. Yeah, 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 you can get. Well, you can go ahead. I'm sorry, I, I shouldn't have sorry. read that that part of it. I guess.
2: Okay. good. Uh, I I, I kind of hated this match, honestly. I I I am I am, <laughs> I am like, I am like, okay. So Shingo first. I think Shingo's is great. I um, you know, he's had a really great G1. He's been like, you know, really, really you know, carrying this block a lot, and not, like basically no complaints about him. Fucking Kota Ibushi. I you're like the number uh, one Ibushi hater. So well, I just okay. <laughs> so I feel like he has peaked in this company, um, and he will never reach that height again. And like, um, like I don't know. Like I think his G one has been kind of like I don't want to say crap, but it's like very below par and very below standard. I think, and I feel like he, this illness he had has like really affected the pacing of his matches and sort of the level of like cardio he has and I think he's still kind of recovering from it well I, thought, I make- find it interesting you said about
1: this match because I thought this was like I would have agreed with everything you just said up until this match where I thought this was like this is the most classic coda. I thought we looked, we got all
2: tournament oh I felt like it just like dragged on and on and on like especially in the first 10 or so minutes and I got really distracted like I could hear him breathing and like I could like, mm. like, it, like it really took me out of it because like Shingo was working his chest doing like all the stomps on top of the chest and all that sort of stuff and I felt like, I don't know, like that was like a weird, not, not a weird decision. It makes sense considering in storyline, but it's like, I feel like he's still recovering and should not be doing matches. Like, I don't know if it's like, should not be doing matches of this, you know, style, but it's like, he's being sort of put in a spot to where he has to work to a certain standard, to a certain length. And I feel like he's still physically struggling with it. Um. Yep. The other thing is like, the kamagoi fucking stinks. I hate that move. Yano. Oh, I do agree with her on
1: that. It's a, it's a fucking yeah. it's a pretty shitty finisher. Right?
2: So in in the Yano match, Abushi um, uh, hit Yano with an, a kamigoye to the back of the head, and Yano knows all. It and I was like, <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck are we doing? What are we like? We're actually, you know, everyone has to take eight fucking kamigoyes to lose a match. You know, you have to go through the first kamigoye and they kick out, and then you you know put the knee pad down and then you hit him in the back of the head, and it's like, oh, uh, like. I don't know what it is. And I might talk about this later with someone else, but it's like, it feels like a lot of the Ibushi matches feel like he has to get all of his shit in, especially recently. Mm. And it's like, okay, everyone has to go down to three fucking Kamigoyas. And I'm just, I'm so done with it. And it's sort of like, it kind of like leans into the point of like emotional investment in a character and emotional investment of a crowd and sort of that impacting, you know, enjoyment of a match. Um, You know, I think other people, you know, as you say, I'm probably like the number one Kurobushi hater, you know, in this particular sphere of, you know, wrestling Twitter or whatever. But it's like I am so not invested in his character anymore. I think it and so like and that really hurts my enjoyment of this match and of like his G1 as a whole. I feel like he's kind of really just kind of over it. (laughs) And if he wins this block, I might quit. I might actually be done for a while. (laughs) Because you know, he needs like some sort of complication or some sort of um you know challenge to go and face he really shouldn't be coming back from an illness that bad and beating shingo in a competitive match yet i don't think
1: yeah all that's fair i don't know i just didn't i mean i agree that the opening part was slow but i just thought it was slow in the typical new japan long match kind of way mm. which i don't know it doesn't bother me really um but you know i mean if the match had a flaw that was obviously it yeah. but yeah the rest of the match i thought koda looked like classic koda which i thought was you know good to see because like you said it didn't it wasn't always the case in his some of his earlier matches yeah but I don't know I definitely not I don't have a strong problem with Code as you do that's, cl- that's yeah very clearly I mean I think he's been I don't think he's been the like I would put him like probably fourth best in the block or something but like you know uh, I
2: think, maybe yeah
1: yeah behind Sh- Shingo I mean Shingo and Zack are ahead of him for sure yes yeah, yeah. and then it's like how much do you like Okan uh, Ishii Maybe Smith, Kenta. I mean, Kenta can't be that high from it, the bullshit, but well, okay. you know. Anyway, I don't know, but I, I thought I think Kota's been good. I definitely think he. I thought he was great in this match, but Shingo was it's just on a, on another level right now.
2: Yeah, so. Shingo wins. Yeah, like, Shingo.
1: Yeah. Shingo really, I thought carried it probably.
2: You know, so. if if Kota Ibushi is past his peak in this company, which I think he kind of is a little bit, Shingo is at the peak right now.
1: Yeah, and so. he's
2: killing it. So there you go.
1: Alright, so that is our... But I want to be clear, I do not co-sign the idea that Kota is like watched <laughs> or anything. I think <laughs> he's still a very good wrestler, but, you know, it, it does kind of feel like maybe he does need a longer a longer trip back to the top or something. Cause, yeah, it does feel a little weird. He's just going to come right back and, you know, get right back well, to the...
2: It's like, what else can he do?
1: Yeah. I mean, he has that NATO what... problem where it's like they won. they won the big one already
2: yeah and you know
1: even okada kind of but i mean okada they just keep shoehorning back to the top anyway so
2: well i think Okada problem is a little different because okada's just got put into the main event and has been there for the past nine years whereas with you know with naito and with Ibushi, i think Ibushi to a greater extent like they've won like every title in this company they've won the new japan cup they've won g1s you know they've won you know tokyo Dome main events it's like what's new for them yeah I mean, now and, I kind of want to see Naito get his big injury. Uh,
1: hmm. You know, return from injury is going to
2: help him a lot, I think. Yeah, uh, I think I think Naito can overcome that because Naito has significantly more charisma than Ibushi does and can get by, like, can use that to get that emotional investment.
1: Yeah, but I don't know. Ibushi does feel a little lost in the shuffle right now, that is for sure. Yeah. Uh, so here's our A-block standings after night nine. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. still alone on top because he's the only one who's four and one for eight points. The other eight-point wrestlers all tied for second they are all four and two. So it's Great Okan, Kenta, and Kota Ibushi. Uh, tied for fifth, Shingo Takagi and Toroyano, both three and two. And then <laughs> seventh place, Tomiro Ishii at three and three. And then tied for eighth, Yujo Takahashi and Loa at two and three. Uh, I will um, give my top. Ta- oh, sorry, go ahead. I think you've got someone. Uh, Naito is zero and nine. Yes, I yeah. don't read that off every time. Sorry, <laughs> I, just, I just had <laughs> so to. It was like, what is the <laughs> point? But yes, I get it. Uh, the top five matches after night nine, because there were uh, there was a new addition here. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, the fifth place match I still have is Okada versus Rose Tanahashi from night two. The only B block match that's in the top five uh, that is four and a quarter. Actually, five through two are all four and a quarter,
2: so it's easy to say.
1: Uh, fourth place, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Shingo Takagi. Uh, that is from night three, uh, also four and a quarter. Third place, Kota Ibushi versus Shingo Takagi from this show, October 3rd, uh, night nine. Second place, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Tetsuya Naito, October 18th from night one. And still in first place, uh, very difficult to unseat this one, Shingo Takagi versus Tomohiro Ishii from night one. Uh, on September eighteenth, which I went four and three quarters on. So definitely has quite the advantage there. Um and after the after tomorrow we're exactly halfway through what you know, what both blocks have wrestled uh I guess five matches. Uh I will give a top ten. So I'll expand it on the Patreon during top ten matches of the G one.
2: You gotta get that uh, Okada Sonata match in there. You know, you can't you can't do a top <laughs> ten for that
1: uh night 11 will be the next time the a block's in action that will be thursday october 7th from hiroshima uh the card here the starts from a non-torment match with Ryohi oiwa against el desperado then your special singles match for the night hiromu takahashi versus kenta that could be great that's gonna earn the two of them are gonna do so much stupid bullshit together (laughs) yeah make so many great faces together (laughs) It'll <laughs> be great. Uh, match three, your first tournament match of the night, Kota Ibushi versus Tongaloa, Loa, a first-time-ever ever singles match. Um, I, I don't really see any reason why Ibushi wouldn't win that. Uh, match four, another first-time-ever singles match, Zach Sabre Jr. against Jujo Takahashi. Again, Zach should win that pretty easily. Uh, semi-main event, Toriano versus Shingo Takagi. Both these guys are at six points. They've only met once, and Shingo got the win. I would assume Shingo wins, but, you know, Yano can always beat anybody, but just it just would seem weird for Yano well, to get the win.
2: Yeah, I mean, Shingo kind of has to lose three times, right? To not win the block.
1: Yeah, so he's already, what, he's lost? He's, he's lost, lost twice. He's lost
2: twice already, yeah, so he can one yeah.
1: more. Yeah. Uh, the so. main event, another first-time-ever singles match. This one I'm excited for. Tobihiro Ishii versus Great Okan. Uh, I think Okan's going to win. I think he's, yes! he's lost two in a row. I think he's going to get this big win over ishii to keep him in the running and you know the the thing with okan is he has to really have racked up points going the last night since he's the guy who does, he was supposed to fight naito on the last night so mm-hmm. you know the last night he's gonna be just in a special singles match so you know he's got to rack the points up before then um you know this is a pretty weak a card obviously he was originally supposed to have to naito to help it a little bit but uh you know even then i think it was kind of one of the weaker A block cards anyway um yeah. but it's really a one match show here with ishii and okan and then hiromu kenta as a non tournament match is easily the second most anticipated match here so we'll see what happens uh of course the next g1 show is actually tomorrow and just both these shows will be covered on the patreon so patreon.com slash wrestling a say that is a b-block show from cork and hall with okada and sonata in the main event uh, Goro the Jabber against Yoshihashi. Wow. And, <laughs> that's, that's how they book him. That's yeah, zero no. points. So right there with Chase Owens. He's going uh, zero five. <laughs> Taiji and Cobb and uh, Tanahashi and Chase, Evil and Tamatanga. So, I don't know. See what Okada and Sinada can deliver, I guess.
2: It's another kind of one-match show. Tomorrow is also uh, three on Abema if you don't have to be subscribed to World.
1: Okay. Oh, it's free on Abema. That's true. I think it is free on World too. It might be free on Walter. Yeah, yeah, I think any of Bima shows, I think, also air free on world as well. So yeah. yeah, I think Kevin Kelly was talking about that. All right, so there is your G1. Let's move over now to the N1. Uh, of course, yes. the Noah the tournament. Um, so the N1, like we've been covering it every night of it along with the G1. I thought it was a very mixed bag of a tournament leaning into the final here. I mean... You know, I kind of went over that on the Patreon, but, mm. you know, it just it didn't it didn't peak super high for me. You know, my four of my top five matches were just four stars. And then, you know, after that was like a three and three quarters. So nothing like really got above that four star level. And then, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I thought was very middling in the tournament as well. Uh, even some outright bad stuff, too. So, you mm-hmm. know, it's kind of a mixed bag of tournament. I will say the final night at least ended on a, on a pretty strong note. So that was nice. I mean, the finals here. Uh, you know, the final match, if we'll get to, was awesome. Yeah. Uh, absolutely outstanding. And the two semifinals were pretty great, too. Uh, the show opened with a six-person tag. Now, I did not see this match because I had to skip something okay. yep. to, get to, to get to be able to watch the rest of the show in time. But this was Akitoshi Saito, Manabu Soya, and Kendo Kashin defeating Masa Kotaru Suzuki, and Daiki Inaba. Uh, Soya pinned Inaba in 1056. Uh, yep. Any thoughts on this one? I assume you saw. It. Yeah,
2: I did see this. Um, this was pretty lazy. I think Inaba and Kidamiya put in some effort, but everyone else kind of just slip slipwalk through this. They're making Inaba take falls in matches with Saito and a junior in it, which bombs me out. Like they should be pushing Inaba a bit. Um, there yeah, was like I give a it, nice. I've
1: given up. Give up hope on them ever pushing Inaba. Yeah. Now. Yeah.
2: I, I know. I'm I i I'm dumb and still want them <laughs> to push someone young, but I don't think it's going to happen. There was like a nice Soya suzuki exchange. Like when Kidomiya tags in, the match immediately picked up, but he was in the match for maybe two or three minutes total. So, very, very average stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Match number two, the first N1 semifinal. Kano defeated Kaito Kiyomiya. Big upset, obviously, in 15-35. Mm. Now, Yep. because I'm an idiot, I loaded up the cage match card to John. write down the card before I started watching the show, and completely forgot that they would just list the final, even though I'm on the card page without the results, they would just list the final yeah. there. So of course mm-hmm. it would spoil the two semifinals. So yeah, I'm an idiot. Uh, I shouldn't. I've, I've I've done that kind of thing a million times for cage match, and somehow never learned my lesson. So uh, I just saw Kanover's Nakajima. I was like fuck off. How did I just spoil that? <laughs> and it was like an actual huge upset too. And I completely yeah. spoiled myself. So yeah. way to go, me. Uh, I just want to shout out to myself for being a fucking idiot. Uh, but yeah, this match, Kaito gets a really fast start. hits a running crossbody, It's a knee attack to the face and a snap German in quick succession. Uh, that sends Kano to the floor. Uh, Kano does recover out there. They brawl a bit. Uh, they head back in the ring before Kaito puts on a leg lock. That goes on for quite a long time, which was a little Mm -hmm. strange after the fast start, but Kano does finally make the ropes to break. Uh, Kano starts firing up with kicks, although, uh, he, he, like, so basically Kaito, I guess, worked over the wrong leg, right? He was working over the left leg, and, you know, Mm. Kano kicks with the right leg, but he was selling it, like, he was selling that base leg, because I guess it's base leg for the kick, so he would, like, kneel down to, to do the kick, and he would sell the left leg, but then he would just throw the kick. Uh, we get some high speed exchanges, including some very nice uh, running and diving elbows from Kaito. Kaito hits a basement drop kick. It perfectly sets up a really nice sliding knee to the face. That gets a two count. Uh, he then goes up top for the double stomp, but mm-hmm. Kaito cuts him off. He brings him down and hits a pair of European uppercuts. Kano uh, fires back with his hard middle kicks, and they exchange back and forth. As we get the 10 minute call, uh, Kaito ends up trying an O'Connor roll, but but or, or, but uh, Kano cuts back and mm-hmm. pins him instead to this huge stunned reaction from the crowd. Yep. Uh, I'm sure I would have been stunned too if I hadn't swore myself like an idiot. But yeah, this was a really fun match that also sort of felt like it ended just when it was going to another another level. And I guess they had to because they, you know, you know, Kano had to work another match. It can't go super long or anything. But yeah, it was still great, but I went I went three and three quarters just below four stars so
2: you know pretty great match i thought this was fucking awesome i really enjoyed this um the, the, the note i have down here is this match for me really highlights the difference between sort of like a um what's what's the phrasing like a minor star and a solid up mid, upper mid card worker versus a major star so i feel like um you know no disrespect to cano um even though he's a bit of a dork um but i feel like Kino is like the perfect star for like the Michinoku pros or the osaka pros where he came from and like in this company now he is like a one you know a upper mid card sort of um wrestler who does quite well but it's like he, he doesn't have that thing that um can make him be the ace of a company Right. you still
1: there yeah i'm here sorry right yeah
2: <laughs> um in, in contrast um Kiyomiya, Peter, he has arrived. Like he has like got this new look. Has like done wonders for him. He's been excellent throughout this tournament. He's been excellent throughout this particular, um, sort of the past six or twelve months, um, of this run. And I feel like that really was like, sort of evident through their work. So, Kaito, when he was like working the leg here, was like sublime. Like so fucking good in terms of like really focusing in on that leg and you know putting all these knee breakers in and leg bars and really focusing on it. Um, but it was like, it wasn't, it was a case where like, it wasn't flashy. It was, he is focusing on his leg to take out, Kyde, um, Cano's base leg in that particular spot. Um, and I felt like that was really, really effective and engaging in contrast. Like, I feel like Keno like, okay. Yeah. He sold a bit for that leg, but I felt like there was like, okay, he need, you know, he needs to get his shit in. He needs to get the perfect foot bump in and all sorts of stuff as well. And I felt like that, you know, it, the match didn't suffer, but it just like really illustrated the difference between these two wrestlers, um, at this point in their careers the fact that you um described it as an upset like i agree with and i was like kind of shocked by when they like did the roll up because i watched it live and i was like oh shit like what you're actually doing that particular you know ending and actually having it but i feel like there's now like this match really portrayed like okay kano's at this level kaito is now at a higher level than kano um and that was the way in which that, that's really um demonstrated how these two have grown over the past 3 or 4 years where it's gone from kano knocking out kaito and you know, really dominating him to now like okay, Kaito's developed as this lead character in this promotion. And now it's like, okay, this is the perfect finish for a match of this quality, a match of this sort of like um stature at this point in their careers. I thought this is like really great stuff. Go out and watch this if you don't if you get a chance to see it. There you go. Uh
1: the other semi final match was Katsuhiko Nakajima defeating Masakatsu Funaki in only eight thirty eight with the vertical spike. Wow I didn't realize it was that short. Yeah. Uh, this is exactly what you'd expect it to be. Super hard hitting, filled with some really great mat wrestling too. Uh Funaki at one point is just he just fucking slaps Nakajima in the face as hard as he possibly can before then delivering a PK for a two count. And then Funaki nearly taps Nakajima out with a cross arm breaker, but he's able to scramble the ropes to break. Uh that leads into this really hard hitting kick exchange. Uh Nakajima wins with a kick, that Funaki sells, you know, like it knocked him out. Mm-hmm. And he's able to just yep. barely kick out of the pin attempt. But Nakajima then just lifts him up, hangs him up there for a long time on the brain buster and hits it for the pin. Uh, yep. Fantastic finish. He just knocked this man out with one kick and then put him away with the brain buster. And, you know, I can't remember the last time Funaki jobbed job to anybody that cleanly. Um, yeah, this ruled. I, I thought it was very slightly better than the other semifinal. I went four stars flat here. Uh, you know, it was very short again, but, uh, you know, it was I thought it was awesome and you know just really really hard-hitting everything looked great uh they beat the piss out of each other just you know classic pro wrestling i really enjoyed this
2: yeah like funaki is what 54 or 55 and probably can't work a 20-minute match at this point so why make him work a 20-minute match like this is eight minutes getting it out kick the fuck out of each other
1: perfect like this was just like the um... i want to say really quickly funaki is 52 so how dare you oh sorry sorry I it doesn't he... come me. I was like, I I would have guessed fifty probably, so I hmm. would have been I would have undershot it and you would have overshot it,
2: but if it was, the price is right, I would have won because like, won. <laughs> Well he's been he's been working since like nineteen eighty five, which is yeah. ridiculous. Um yeah, I felt like, like I love that um the Fujita uh Funaki match from the the last block night as well. But I was like, Yeah, this this was even better than that. And I really love the you know, sudden ending. Get on with it, you know. Fuck yeah. Uh,
1: then we had Atsutoshi Kotogi de- losing to Ada in 949. So this, this match, you know, was to set up the junior tag title challenge with him and Osawa against mm-hmm. Kotogi and Ohara that's coming up. It bored me for a bit, especially during Ada's heat period where not much in- interesting was going on, but I love Koto- Kotogi's comeback. He got to show really great fire hitting these repeated hard lariats in the corner. That was great stuff. Uh, but Ada ended up pinning him with his uh, Vertebreaker thing. And I don't forget yep. what he him. And, you know, uh, I thought it was pretty good. Not much more than that. I went three and a quarter. You know, nothing you got to run out to watch, but I thought it was pretty good.
2: Yeah, I thought this was like, okay. Um, Kato- Katoge rules, and like he is the perfect person to put a new character in with because he has that fire and that sort of underdog babyface sort of vibe. Um, I felt like this was, like, Ata very much working a character. I'm not very familiar with Ata from Dragon Gate. Like, that's the one big promotion I don't really watch. So I don't know if this is similar to the matches he has over there. Yeah, he's been,
1: been like, a scumbag heel forever there, I think. Okay. Okay. I'm very, like, I have not watched Dragon Gate regularly since, like, 2018 or something. So I, you know, I don't know what's happened the past three years. But definitely when I still watch Dragon Gate all the time, he was, like, Mr. Scumbag heel.
2: Okay. So, yeah, he was Mr. Scumbag heel here, too. That
1: was good. (laughs) And then he cut uh, a promo afterwards, which you'll go into. Yeah. Actually, I didn't write it down. I don't really, I don't know what he said. Oh,
2: uh, He basically just put Katoge <laughs> down for a solid five to seven minutes. And I was like, okay. come on, get on with it.
1: Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, very, again, very similar to Dragon Gate stuff. So, yeah. I mean, this was, it's definitely not him playing any kind of new character. That is for sure. Yep. Uh, match number five was Hayata uh, and, and Yoshinori Ogawa versus Daisuke Harada and Junta. Miyawaki, it went to a double fall in 8.06. I didn't dislike this. You really hated this that much?
2: Uh, I'll get it. Okay. i mean I'll, just, I'll get it. So it was yeah. to
1: build up a GHC junior title match on October 10th uh, between with Harada challenging Hayata. Um, I thought there was some really good action in this match. The finish, though, was weird as fuck. So Harada sort of did like this weird roll through into a German suplex bridge, but mm. without the actual German suplex. It looks really weird, but yep. maybe not bad. I don't know. It looked kinda it looked it was kinda neat in a very unique way, but I'm like, why don't you do a German suplex? I don't Anyway. But somehow he has his own shoulders down as well. So the referee <laughs> counts a double fall, making it a draw. Uh I went three and a quarter. I thought it was pretty fun, but a very strange finish. Uh, <laughs> do you have any thoughts on it I get to the So little, I've been watching
2: a lot I've been watching a lot of Ogawa over the past two or three months. Um, We've been in a lockdown, you know, I've been watching the old, you know, t- early 2000s um, Noah. Og- Ogawa fucking rules, and he still rules. So yeah. in this match, I think he had like maybe 90 seconds of ring time. Yeah, he didn't that. get any time in this match. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a Hayata guy either, usually. I thought he was so, fine here, but I'm not usually a Hayata guy. So the contrast is, you team up Ogawa, who rules, and has ruled for 30 years, and you team me up with the worst major league wrestler in the world, in Hayata. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, what, what are we doing? Like, Hayata is sloppy and boring, which is a bad combination for a wrestler. Um, So yeah, I just I just like couldn't really get into it. I felt the ending like you're you're right, it was it was creative, but it was also kind of lame and kind of like look really silly. And you know they've been doing draws on the build up to the junior title match. They did a thirty minute draw in uh, was it Yokohama? I think maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) No more no more fucking double pins! Stop it! Everyone's doing. Everyone's doing them now. Stop <laughs> doing it. Please. Wow. I beg. Uh,
1: after the match, Harada says he can't accept that decision, so he wants Hayata in a singles match right now. Again, mm-hmm. I knew that happened based on the cage match card. I didn't know how it happened, but I knew they did go to a singles match. Uh, apparently, it's non title. Anyway, yep. so Harada and Hayata elbow each other right off the bat. Hayata walks out. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what the yes. point of that was. So yeah. it went zero minutes and 59 seconds, and the, ex- the actual noah site says the match result was quote hayata match abandoned so yep. obviously that's some english but like it wasn't a count out or anything the ref hayata just walked away and the ref was like "Well, yeah. i guess you lose and it was very strange yeah. uh i'm not even gonna bother giving that a rating it was very very weird a little bit of crack booking here from those i gotta he always does one or two really weird things and uh that was definitely the one here yeah, it's, uh, it's
2: like the Sawa. It's like sometimes he hits, sometimes he misses. This was, what are you doing? What? Come on, stop it. And
1: Harada does go after him afterward, but uh, there you go. So the semi main event was a six man tag team match Takashi Sugera, Kazuchi Sakuraba, and Kazuki Fujita defeating the M's Alliance, uh, Keiji Muto, Masato Tanaka, and Masaki Mochizuki. Segura pins Mochizuki in eighteen seventeen with the Olympic Slam. Um, I think there's a little slow paced at first, uh, given these six guys in there and their combined age of approximately 10,000. Yes. A, not that much of a surprise, I guess. There's a little slow paced, But some hard-hanging strikes, too. Um, and the match ends with the three of them, you know, triple-teaming Mochizuki, and leading to that leads to Sagara putting him away at the end of a surprisingly long match, I wrote, uh, mm-hmm. with the Olympic Slam. Uh, this was good. Also, kind of drags me a little at times, but more less because of anything they were doing, more and like I want to get to the N one finals, and mm-hmm. uh, my pal Liam is waiting to record with me. Kind of, <laughs> kind of like, why is this going on for so long? Uh, but yeah, I went three and a half. You know, I would have cut a few minutes for
2: sure, but I, th- I still thought it was good. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So the old fuck pro, offer match. Um... <laughs> Congrats to Masato Tanaka for being the youngest person in this match at a sprightly forty-eight years old. He's the youngest person. Oh my god! Yeah, I, I yeah,
1: don't know ev- why I wouldn't. That's that is shocking. Yeah, so like, everyone, who, Do you have everybody else's ages in front of you? I do. I do. All right, let's go through it. Forty-eight. Right. From, who, who's second? Who's second? Who is second? I'm going to guess second, Sakuraba's second youngest.
2: Uh no. You okay.
1: Don't comment. don't tell me. Don't tell me then. Uh, Mochizuki.
2: I'm just getting up their birth dates. Just give me one second. Mochizuki oh. is 51. So he's he second is... youngest? Uh, give me one second.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> I, just need,
2: I, need to get, I need to get a tiebreaker here. I wanted to get... Uh, three no, three. no Moch, Mo, Mochizuki is not second youngest. Uh, Sugera. Yeah, Sugera. Okay. is 51. So obviously then Mochizuki's third. So he's fifty.
1: Yep. He's also 51. And then we got three guys left. Okay, I'm going to say Sakuraba has to be next.
2: Yep, 52. Okay. Then Fujita... Sorry, I am wrong, actually. I can't read. Fujita is actually the second youngest post this match. He's only 50. What? Yeah. He looks like he's 70. I know, I
1: know. <laughs> okay, so Tanaka is it... youngest of 48. Fujita yep. is somehow second youngest of 50. Yep. Then Mojizuki. Yep. Then Sugera. Then yep. Sakuraba, 52. Because yep. Mojizuki and Sugara are 51. And then Keiji Muto is what, like 56? 58. Okay, I, yeah. I really undershot it there. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Disgusting. So Keiji Muto is six years older and the second young oldest person in this match? That is correct. <laughs> in this very old fuck match? Yep. Wow. There you go. So I'm sure we confused the listeners. Let's just do it one more time. Okay. Muto is 58, oldest wrestler. Second correct. oldest is... Uh, Sakuraba. Su- Sakuraba, 52. Then Sugara and Mochizuki are both 51, but Mochizuki's older? That's correct. And then Fujita's 50 somehow. Yep. And then Tanaka is the youngest at 48. Yes. Correct. (laughs) How is Kajuyuki Fujita the second youngest person uh, in a six-man tag? (laughs) (laughs) That to me is even more shocking than Tanaka being the youngest. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Jesus. Anyway. What a mess. Happy birthday to Fujita for next week. (laughs) He turns 51 next week. uh, So, you know sprightly old chicken. I thought this was pretty good. Yeah, it was like an old fuck match. You knew what you're getting in. You know, you could watch these six you go, okay, these two are going to pair up and this is what you're going to get. And, um, you know, Nunu and Fujita threw each other the fuck around. That was fun. Then there was a, a Mochizuki Sakuraba kick fight. That was fun. And then you know, Sugura and Tanaka threw each other around. That was fun. It's good stuff. But, you know, at that, at that point in the show, it's like, okay, get through this. Let's get to the main event. Mm-hmm. Come on, cool. come on, come on. And the main event
1: was Katsuko yes! Nakajima... Defeating Kano in exactly 20 minutes, apparently, with mm-hmm. the Diamond Bomb to win the N1 victory. So Marafuji comes out, the GHC m champion. Uh, he comes out before the final, just says he's looking forward to defending his title against the winner. This lazy fuck, who didn't compete in this tournament. God bless him. Uh, so Nakajima, he beats Kano all over ringside to start. He just like sends him in the railing a bunch of times. Uh, Back in the ring, they take turns with some incredibly hard soccer ball kicks, and then Nakajima at one point rakes Kano's eyes, I guess to show early on he's not going to be any nicer to him, you know, just because they're both in Congo. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nakajima's kicks... Oh, sorry, go ahead.
2: And they both came out in Congo shirts.
1: That's true, they did. Yeah. Uh, Nakajima's kicks sound like shotgun blasts, like they always do. And Kano has strong kicks too. But just the sound of Nakajima's, during, yeah. Nakajima's kicks during these exchanges just sound like he's absolutely killing Kano. Uh, both guys dump each other on their heads with German suplexes at one point. They both no-sell. Then they both exchange high kicks at exactly the same time to very audible gas from the crowd, and they both go down. Perfectly timed there. Great little sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kano ends up walking, or running actually, right into a thrust kick from Nakajima when he stands back up. A great thrust kick. And then Nakajima hits a whole bunch more of these soccer uh, soccer ball kicks that sh- sound like shotgun blasts for a two-count. He then hits his bra- big brain buster, but Kano just barely manages to kick out. Uh, Kano then avoids a punt kick from Nakajima. He avoids a second running kick. He grabs Nakajima by his ankle straight down to an ankle lock, and then he like just holds him by the ankle, holds him upside down, oh. and hits this really hard kick. This sounded like a shotgun blast too, to what looked like Nakajima's neck or like his upper, upper chest. That looks so painful. Then he went up top, hit his double stomp, but Nakajima kicked out. Uh, Kano locks on his sleeper. Nakajima is able to flip his way out of it. He then catches Kano charging in the corner. He sets him up across the top turnbuckle. Hits a very hard knee attack to the body just before the 15 minute call. And then hits a running punk kick to the stomach as well. He's on the mat, covers for another two count. Uh, he tries to go for the brainbuster again, but Kano just reverses right into his own suplex. Uh, that leaves both guys down. They take turns hitting very hard middle kicks to each other once again. They go really fast at one point during that exchange. Kano mm-hmm. seemingly wins that exchange. Nakajima like staggers in the ropes. Then they go. They start going at it again, and they start trading extremely hard slaps again. Kano knocks Nakajima down with his second one. Uh, The referee is checking on him. Uh, There's a super hard slap. It really just really, the the one that you knocked him down with, I mean, was a super Mm -hmm. hard slap. It fucking owned. Uh, Nakajima stands up and Kano kind of tells him this ends up being Kano's downfall. He kind of tells him, you know, you think you can slap me back, go ahead and try. And (laughs) he starts hitting his own slaps in the face of Kano and Kanoa at first is totally no sign them and shrugging them off. But then as it goes on, Nakajima finally starts having an effect, she staggers him, and then he just fucking uh, drops him, hits the fucking, uh, the diamond bomb, which is sort of like a, almost like a vertical spike po- brain buster into the power bomb, I guess. And mm. that gets, oh, wait, did I describe it's, it it's
2: like It's like the Death Valley driver into the brain buster.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so this is almost like, Kano's own arrogance cost him the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Nakajima right where he wanted him, but then he sort of let Nakajima start slapping him at the end there, like in a come on, what have you got sort of way, and just, you know, his own arrogance kind of bit him in the ass there, which I liked. Uh, they do hug each other at the end, though, so I guess there's no problems in Congo. Congo is fine, everybody. Kongo <laughs> is uh, but fine. But yeah, this match absolutely fucking owned. These two fucking killed each other there. This is easily the best match of this tournament, By a wide margin, it was better than all but one G1 match so far. Obviously, Ishii Mm -hmm. Shingo. Uh, I went four and a half here. Uh, It may crack the very bottom of my match of the year list. I have to go through and compare it, I guess. But this is really outstanding stuff. Just these two guys absolutely
2: beating the shit out of each other. And it absolutely owned. So what else can I add to that? Jeez, you really summed it up really well there. I think a couple of things. So the first thing that I noticed is, um, you know, on the show as a whole, um, Noah really upped their production standards and production values for this particular show. This show looked amazing. Um, They've got this new 4K camera that they're using to get these, like, really nice in-focus shots of people coming out. And the first thing I noticed coming out as uh, Nakajima came out, he has, like, you know, he comes out from a a Funaki match, and he's got this massive fucking bruise all down his neck. And it looked so, so gross, like, with how badly he got beat up in that earlier semifinal match. You Know Kaito, no, sorry, Kano and you know Nakajima both work matches before this, work matches before this match on this show. So they come in a little bit tired, but it's like they fucking brought it. Holy hell. Um, yeah, like they they kicked, the, you know, there's one line that I think Stuart Fulton had on the English commentary where it's like, there are more kicks than a sneaker factory. And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, get in, get in. Um, They just beat the fucking each up for 20 minutes. And they can't really do this with anyone else in this company. Even though Noah is a hard-hitting, stiff, strong-style company. Like, these two are the only two who can do this really strike-heavy, you know, laying it the fucking shotgun blast to the chest, shotgun blast to the back thing for this length of period, at this level of intensity. Um, yeah, I love this. And um, this kind of cemented one of my thoughts that I've been having over the past 18 months or so, which is, like, Katsuhika Nakajima is the best wrestler in the world. He's got he's got the charisma down now, he's got the match quality, he's got the you know the intensity, he's got the you know character. Like he is like every time I see him on my screen, I instantly transfix. And I want to see everything he does. And he like his mere presence in a match automatically elevates it massively. So fucking so happy to see him get go back to back. Um happy I'm gonna be. Well, yeah, I forgot he love- won last
1: year. Wow. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back back to knack. So, so um,
1: he's the Kodo Ibushi of Pro Wrestling Noah. Wow. Wow. So go. I'm really, Don't gonna, you dare really ins-
2: gonna trigger Liam. Don't you dare insult my boy <laughs> like that. Um <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. yeah. This this was so fucking awesome. I love it. It's
1: so funny by the way. I have I realize I have the number one Western abushi hater this week, and then I have the number one Western Ibushi fan, uh Haley returning to the show next week. <laughs> A real real like duality of man <laughs> yeah. so from the, the person who hates Ibushi, the person who loves Ibushi more than anyone on earth. So, so who I, is? I, Angel Niwa, the- I am. Uh, I am Ibushi. I am Switzerland, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, like, I actually like Kota Ibushi, but yeah, yeah you know, not like Naito, obviously.
2: It's like Kota Kota Ibushi for me is when, you know, that meme when it says like I want Katsuki Nakajima, and then you know the mother says uh, we've got Katsuki Nakajima at home. Yeah. Well, see, then it was a great. It was a great comparison, then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah nakajima fucking he's on such a run right now I, he should win he absolutely should win the title match um and let's kick off this heel run at the budokan uh
1: yeah so the, overall you know great hard to call it anything less than a great show all the n1 matches delivered so you know definitely should go out and watch it you can really skip everything else i guess other than the two semis in the final you know mm. if you're especially very short on time I mean, there's nothing bad on the show but if you really want to skip the other step, it's not really necessary to watch. Uh, my final top five matches of the N1. Uh, five through two, all four stars flat. Uh, fifth place, I went with Nakajima and Funaki from this show in the semifinals on October 3rd. Uh, fourth place, I had Kaito versus Minabu Soya. Uh, that was for the A block on night two on September 18th. Third place, Kano versus Misaki Mochizuki. B block, night five, some, some, uh, September 26. And then second place, Masato Tanaka versus Katsuhiko Nakajima. C block, night one, September 12th. And of course, first place, uh, the match we just talked about, Nakajima versus Kano mm-hmm. in the finals from today's show, October 3rd. So four and a half stars, very easily, the match of the tournament. So yeah, you know, what had been a, I definitely liked last year's N1 better overall, but the the finals here were great. So yeah. the finals kind of, I don't want to say it saved the tournament. I mean, it's a short tournament anyway. It's only six nights. So it's not like, you know, it was some struggle to get through. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, definitely wasn't, it's not going to go down my list of favorite, you know, Japanese wrestling tournaments or anything. But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't bad either, you know. And definitely peaked at the end, which is, I guess, what you want, so.
2: Yeah, it was a very easy watch for a tournament. You know, yeah. it was like an hour each day for six days or something like that. So. It, was, it was
1: not the 2020 champion carnival. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, wow. You
2: know. Yeah. Uh, um. Who do you think, what do you think is the border card match on January 1st?
1: I don't know. They get, they already said when they're doing their Fuji Nakajima. That's next week. Uh, oh, next week? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're at, uh, um, they're
2: at, they're at Eddie on arena. In uh, yeah, next yeah. Week. Okay. Uh, maybe Nakajima Kaito. So I think that could be one possibility. I think there's also someone who wasn't in this tournament who is due for a shot. Who? Someone who hasn't been in Noah for quite a bit, for like six months.
1: Uh, okay, I'm, I, I don't know
2: who you're talking you're about. You're blanking? I'm blanking. I'm, talk- I'm, you know, I'm talking about it's time for Go to come back. Oh, I totally forgot about Go <laughs> well Wow, forgetting about Go... Ugh,
1: disgusting. <laughs> so Go versus Nakajima, yeah, that could be it. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. All right, so we can wrap things up here. I thought this show would go an hour and said we went an hour and 40, so... Sorry. That's, no, that's not your fault. I mean, <laughs> you like 20 minutes on just sports teams I like and how mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I mean, we did lots of stupid shit, but hopefully the people enjoyed it. That's what everybody... Everybody loves stupid shit. If I've learned anything from my many years on this earth so far, it is that people love stupid shit, so... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, Liam,
2: uh anything you want to plug for the people oh uh, not really. You can find me on Twitter at Liam underscore D underscore McKen if you want to learn about like digital law and pure firsting and why NFTs are bad and all sorts of dumb shit.
1: NFTs are definitely bad. Oh, they suck. Yeah. Um, uh <laughs> anyway, uh I want to thank everybody, of course, for listening. Uh check out the Patreon for the ongoing G1 coverage, including tomorrow. Uh, Monday, October 4th, uh, B-Block show. All throughout the week, we have more Patreon coverage. Next week, exclusively to the Patreon, uh, I will be joined by Haley, a returning guest, who always have a good time with Haley when she's on. And she and I will be talking G1 Night 13 uh, from next Sunday, or next Saturday, I think it's actually. Yeah, Saturday the 9th. Uh, Plus, Tokyo Joshi Wrestle Princess 2. So those are the two shows we'll be covering, exclusively on the Patreon, uh, myself and Haley. Uh, on the free feed, the schedule gets a little weird after that because the G1 schedule is so weird, uh, at the end here on these weekday shows. So it's a Patreon exclusive episode this coming Sunday, October 10th, then a free episode October 14th on a Thursday, and that'll cover G1's nights 15 and 16, Wednesday the 13th and Thursday the 14th. And then the following Thursday, October 21st, will be the final two nights of the G1, uh, with uh, voice wrestling Sean Sidor coming on to talk about that with me and that'll be exclusive to the Patreon as well so if you want to hear me talk about the finals of the G1 and the wrap everything up with the G1 you have to subscribe so it is patreon.com slash wrestling omakase it's only $5 if you like the free episodes if you listen all the way to the end of the free episode honestly <laughs> I don't know why you wouldn't enjoy the Patreon because clearly you can handle me more than many other people uh, so yes, definitely take out the page check out the <laughs> Patreon at patreon.com wrestlingomakase wrestling uh, you can always follow us on Twitter at WrestleOmakase. Uh, wrestling of course would not fit. And folks, thank you as always for listening and I will see you next time.